What's up, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of Two Minute Drill. This is going to be our weekly football episode where we talk about everything and anything NFL and college football. So I'm just going to give everybody a quick rundown on how this episode is going to go throughout the next four or five months. We're going to have five segments. We're going to have our first down, second down, third down, fourth down, and it would not be a two-minute drill without a two-point conversion to win the game there at the end. So that's going to be how the episode is going to go. And each down, obviously, we're going to talk about more stuff in each of those downs because each down gets harder and harder to complete as you try to score a touchdown. So with me today, I do have Dom. Hello, everyone. And our first down topic that we're going to have right now is we're going to kind of give one player that we would like everybody to watch out for this week. And it could be anyone in the NFL. It could be anyone in college. And it could be because we think they're going to have a bad week, a good week, or we just kind of want to see what they're going to do. So I'll let Dom kind of start it off. So for my player, I'm going to stick with the NFL. And we're going to go down to New Orleans to see how Jameis Winston does. Um, It's his first start with the Saints. It's his first start in a year and a half, two two years. I know he didn't start at all last year. Um, So he hasn't started since he left Tampa Bay. I'm intrigued to see how he does. It'll be his second year in the Sean Payton offense. It'll be interesting to see how he does after he had LASIK surgery. Um, Now that he can finally see. Uh, maybe he'll be able to maybe be a little bit better of a quarterback. Not that he was you know, <laughs> horrible and not that he was horrible in Tampa Bay. He was still able to put up big numbers. It's just, he couldn't take care of the ball and maybe it's because he couldn't see the defense. Maybe it's just because he might be overrated as a quarterback. Who knows? But we'll, we'll finally get a chance to, to answer those questions that we still have about him. Um, so I'm I'm just kind of intrigued this week. I know they got a pretty interesting matchup against Green Bay. Maybe a little bit favorable matchup. Uh, I know they're going to be at home. Green Bay's defense is really, you know, nothing to not, nothing really to write home about. So it might have a little bit favorable matchup, but I'm really interested to see how he does. But Nick, what about you? I do I you know, I am very interested in Swinson as well. I think that you know, last time we saw him, you know, was showing off that first overall pick talent but he just could not not turn the ball over. So hopefully under Drew Brees for a year, like you said, and, and under Sean Payton, he, he can kind of right that wrong and, and get back to being dominant because he was dominant offensively. He was also dominant defensively for the other. So. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, the the way I've, I've been talking to people about it, you know, his last year in Tampa Bay, he was able to put up 5,000 yards and like, what, 50 touchdowns? Mm-hmm. And I know he also led the league in interceptions, but – he was able to put up those numbers and couldn't see. Imagine now that he can see and has been sitting under Sean Payton and Drew Brees for a year. You know, if if you, you know, take the the physical talents that Jameis has and you stick him with a quarterback that is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, never really turned the ball over, always knew how to make the smart throw. You let him learn under Drew Brees. And I mean, who knows? I mean, it's definitely a, a good situation for him to be in. Yeah. So for me, my my player to watch, I'm going to kind of stick in that quarterback realm. It's going to be Tua. And okay. I I only say that because last year, you know, the they started off with Fitzpatrick and they had him playing and then 
around their bye week they put into a but he he they didn't usually keep him in to close out big games. They would put Fitzpatrick back in, so they kind of played that like you know quarterback carousel, and, and it worked because they made the playoffs or almost made no, the playoffs. I would say. Um, but I'm just interested to see if you know he had a year doing that, and then he actually got an off season, and then you know I'm I'm curious to see if he can be that quarterback they can leave in there for all four quarters. Also, there's just so many talks for them to bring in Deshaun Watson. He's kind of dealing. He's got his own stuff on the outside. I think he's kind of untradeable at this point. I don't think anybody should trade for him. Um, but there's been so much. There's been so much talk that that they're interested in bringing him in and making him their franchise quarterback. Um, and I just don't know where that leaves Tua. You know, I don't know how he feels about that. So I'm super interested to see how he starts off the season. And if he comes out strong and he proves like, hey, I'm your guy, I'm your franchise guy, I got a ton of weapons around me, trust me, I got this. So that's kind of who I'm I'm watching this week, and I think everybody should watch out for it. Yeah, I, I agree. Heck yeah. Now, I think we did a pretty good job completing on first down, so we're going to move down to second down here. And our topic for second down, we're actually going to talk about some college stuff, and we're going to talk about how important that loss was to the playoffs for Clemson. And if Clemson is even able to find a spot in the playoffs after losing the I think time will tell. You know, it, it, it was a matchup between two top five teams. And usually the team that loses that matchup doesn't really fall too much. Um, they usually still have a pretty good shot at making the playoffs. But I think the ACC being as weak as it is this year, um, mm-hmm. Clemson really doesn't have any competition. So you know, their schedule isn't going to be doing them any favors. Yeah. And then you throw in that loss to, to Georgia. I, I think it really raises a lot of questions about, you know, how viable they could be as a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But if some teams from the ACC you know, kind of surprise us, I know, you know there, there are some teams that are, you know, might be good, but I don't know. I, I, I think right now it doesn't really hurt them that much. Um, I know the, the latest ratings came out. I forgot how far they've fallen. Um, but I, I think the answer to that question will be answered later in the season when we see how how good or how bad the ACC does. I, I think that their playoff chances are pretty much over, but I could still see an end for them, and it would have to go – there are two things that have to happen for me to see them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The first thing is that Georgia is going to have to go undefeated, and they're going to have to beat Alabama in their, you know, uh, conference championship game. And then Clemson is going to have to blow out every single team you see by, like, right. um, because you had your big hitters. They they all lost, and they all lost bad in the opening week. Now, I do think that Clemson should get a little bit more credit for playing a team like Georgia week one when normally teams are playing, like, you know, a mm-hmm. little bit of a tune-up game. And they yep. played, you know, the number five team in the country pretty much. So I think that they should get a little bit of leeway on that one. But it just doesn't help that the rest of their conference is like it's garbage. It's not there's 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 no there's nobody that at the end of the season that I can see that's going to be in the top twenty. So right, you can't you can't lose. I mean, that's kind of like you know here with Ohio State. If they lose to somebody in the Big Ten. I think that their chances of getting into the playoffs are done because the competition just isn't there compared to, you know, the other, you know, conferences across the league. Now, I do think the Big Ten's a little bit better than the ACC, but 
again, there's not many teams that are that are going to be in that top 20 at the end. So I think that that really hurts them. But yeah. like I said, Georgia's going to have to go undefeated win their conference, and Clemson's going to have to blow everybody out by 60 and be like, hey, that was week one. You know, we got our stuff together. We only lost by, you know, a score. So I think that we are a team reckon with, and we should be in the playoffs. But, you know, like you said, time will tell. I think that that's, that's a tough one. That's a tough loss week one. Yeah. Know? But, I mean, you know, like like I said earlier, usually when two top five teams play, the loser doesn't fall that much. Um, so, I mean, who knows? Teams above them can, can fall, and they can maintain where they are or move up if they keep winning. There, there's still a lot of variables. It, it is only week one, but yeah, I just, we shall I see. see them, I just see them sitting there at that like five or six spot at the end of the season. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I just I think that they they're more likely to be the first team out than the last, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Because yeah, you got to think if if Alabama and Georgia go undefeated, it doesn't matter who wins or loses that game at the end because they're both going to get in. Right. And then as long as Ohio State goes undefeated. They're going to get in. So there's three teams right there. And then who else do you let in? I think it just depends. And I guess if if nobody else has kind of shown to be that good, then maybe they could be that last team. Because I don't know. Yeah. I mean, did because then I just don't know of any of the teams that would fill that fourth spot. But again, that would be that'd be an interesting thing unless Cincinnati kind of runs the table and the and they're kind of no. like oh, let me give Cincinnati a chance. But <laughs> I don't know. No, I you'll probably see you know an Oklahoma. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, no one really out west really. Do you give Oklahoma? I don't know. Yeah, and plus, like yeah. the, the the competition there is not. I mean, other than maybe Texas, that would be interesting. I mean, if Oklahoma goes undefeated, you're right. They probably would. They probably would take up one of those spots in the in the top four. Right. I mean, because you you can guarantee Alabama's going to get in, no matter what. I mean, unless they lose like three or four games, which they're not going to do. You can guarantee, even if Georgia loses a game, you can guarantee them a spot in the playoffs. Well, it depends on who they lose to. Like I said, if they lose, to it, Alabama, it it depends on who they lose to. But if they yeah. lose, if they lose one regular season game, then lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game, I still think that they'll get a pass. Mm-hmm. Obviously, depending on who the regular season loses to, um, Ohio State, if they run the table and win the Big Ten championship game, you can guarantee them a spot. Um, Obviously, a lot of lot of ifs with all those scenarios, but I think those are the three most likely teams. So, really, you got four teams theoretically, four or five teams that are fighting for that last playoff spot. Um, so, I think that's going to be most interesting to watch. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, now that we've completed second down, let's move on to third down. It's a little bit harder than before. We do have two topics to cover here. Our first topic is going to be what's next for Cam Newton. What is next for Cam Newton? Well, um, it, he, goes, it's, he goes a whelp. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of. I think, <laughs> I think a, a likely scenario because I mean rosters are already set. Mm-hmm. Um, teams already have their quarterback, their starting quarterback figured out. They have their back the quarterback figured figured out. So no one's going to bring him in yet mm-hmm. to compete for a starting spot just because the season starts in you know two days. I think. You know, if a team that has a mobile quarterback goes down, like they lose their quarterback, maybe they'll give him a call and, you know, have him fill in as like an emergency starter. I think that's his only shot this year at getting on a team. 
Um, maybe next year, you know, a team might be interested in bringing him in as a backup, but he's got to be willing to be a backup because, unfortunately, I think his days as a starter are kind of over. Um, if he couldn't even beat out Mac Jones, um, a, the rookie quarterback from New England for the starting job, it's going to be pretty impossible for him, I think, to compete with, you know, other NFL veterans for a starting job. I, the more likely option for me, I could see him sitting out this year. And if no other team makes him an offer or tries to sign him in the offseason, I think he's going to go to Canada. They haven't played in the CFL for a couple of years, and I think that'll be it. But I, I think his days are, I mean, I, I think it's already looking like the NFL has kind of already passed him up, you know? Yeah, I mean, this this is what I'll say, too, about him being cut from Lind. I, I don't think it's because Mac Jones. I, and they could say it all they want, but I do believe it's because of, of the issue. I think that he wasn't being, he wasn't being as careful as he could have been because he's doing things outside of what the protocol was allowing him to do. And then obviously, you know, it kind of came out that he didn't get the vaccine, which is his prerogative, his choice. You know what I mean? No one can make him do that. But I do think in the back of their heads, they just didn't want to sit there and be like, we're trying to compete for a championship still. And we can't rely on someone to be here because they they can't make good decisions off the field. So whether or not I know they came out and said that wasn't the reason, but that I, I, I believe that was the reason. I don't think it's I mean that that might be an underlying factor, but I don't think that was the ultimate decision maker. I mean you, you look at how he played look at how he played last year. He had he had less than five touchdown passes. He looked he looked honestly washed up. He looked like a washed up quarterback last year. To be fair, at the beginning of the season, before he had COVID, he he was actually playing pretty well. And then he, he was got, playing well as a running back. He wasn't passing the ball at all. No, all of his he, touchdowns were were rushing touchdowns. He was playing well enough for them to be in games. I'm not saying that he was all world. Without being on a new team and a new system, without an offseason, he was playing well enough. But then when he got COVID, he had all those like breathing. He couldn't breathe very well. And he missed a couple of weeks because of it. And then he just wasn't the same because he said he, he was having trouble breathing and, and all that stuff. So, which are side effects of it. And he kind of, that lingered right. throughout the season until towards the end of the season when you kind of saw him pick back up a little bit to kind of what he was at the beginning of that season. So, listen, I'm not saying he's MVP Cam Newton, but I don't think that, like I said, in my opinion, I don't think Matt Jones But just to move on to what, I think is next for him. I agree with you that he's going to have to, I think I heard somewhere that they said he's going to have to take that like Carmelo and mindset and he's going to be okay being a backup. Like he's not a star anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. He's not, he's not the guy and he's going to have to be okay with that. And I think this year he should look at, you know, teams like either the Texans, the Falcons, or even maybe Miami and kind of go there and get in there and be a backup and just try to prove that he is okay being a backup. Cause I do think that he could be a backup within the league for the next four years and then kind of retire and be, but maybe to save his legacy, maybe he kind of just retires now and he kind of ends it, ends it on his note. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. of, instead of just being a backup for the next four years and then kind of falling in kind of forgettable, but I don't know. That's kind of what I think he should do is just try to, be okay with being a backup and then maybe hopefully getting in a situation where he could potentially be a starter. Like the Texans would be a good one, you know, by like week three or week four, if he's kind of in the system, he could probably be a little bit better than Terod Taylor. 
So I don't know. Every, everyone, you know, forgets about Terod Taylor, but he did lead the Bills to the playoffs. And, you know, he his whole career, like, obviously he's not an all-pro quarterback, but he's he's a decent enough quarterback that he, you can consider him a starter for a couple games, um, if not a whole season. You know, he's never really been a bad enough quarterback where he needed to be benched, but he wasn't a good enough quarterback to really get you over the hump. So uh, using him as a stopgap quarterback for this year and, you know, the Texans are probably going to have the number one pick anyways. So go get your quarterback next year. Yeah, the Texans are kind of in disaster. I don't know. Yeah, I think we're both in agreement that Cam Newton is probably going to have to take a backup role and then going forward. Till he retires, probably a backup role too. I don't see him going and playing in Canada, but he'll he'll probably retire before that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, on. if he wants to keep playing football, and you know, the NFL is not an option for him anymore. You know, that's that's his next best option. But just to move on to our last topic here in our third down segment after this season, what are your top three landing spots for Aaron Rodgers? When I first looked at the question. Um, I was going to say Green Bay, Green Bay, Green Bay. But I figured <laughs> that probably would have been a little bit boring of an answer for you. Yeah. Um, I, I think, number one, his best option, um, obviously, stay in Green Bay. You know, they, they've kind of heard his complaints and were starting to willing, starting to become willing to listen to him. Um, they did kind of bring, bring in Randall Cobb like he wanted. Um, maybe they'll give him a little bit more say in – um, kind of the off-season moves of the team. But I, I still think that there will always be a place for him in Green Bay. They're not going to move on from him until he's ready to move on from them. Um, just because uh, he is you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You, you don't just give up on him until you know he knows that he's done or he says, I'm not playing for you anymore. <laughs> um, which, I mean, it seems like it was getting to that point and Green Bay realized, wow, if he leaves, we are going to be a bottom dweller team for the next who knows how many years until they hit big on another quarterback well yeah i mean we to be fair we haven't seen jordan love play at all so we we really don't know what he's going to be like um you know maybe they see something in him have him sit for a couple years under rogers then when rogers retires he's learned enough from rogers and has developed enough where he could be a good quarterback but you know, to be fair, we can't really judge him because we haven't seen him play yet. Um, but if Rodgers does leave Green Bay, I think mm-hmm. the the best options for him to win, because he's not going to go to a rebuilding project. No. You know, at, at, at his age and his salary, he he wants to win another Super Bowl. And I think the next best options for him would be Denver or Indianapolis. Um, Denver, they they have a really solid roster, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It's just they don't really have a quarterback to, to get them where they want to be. You know, they, they have a defense that can win you a championship. They have pieces on that offense, especially in that wide receiving core, that could that could be a contending offense. It's just having Drew Locke and now Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback, that's not really going to be good enough to, to even get you into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Teddy's Teddy's a serviceable quarterback. Um, but ever since his injuries, he's never really been the same as he was, um, his first two years in Minnesota. Um, you know, I, he'll be good enough for this year to get the job done, to get you through the season, but he's not going to lead you to the playoffs. 
or Aaron Rodgers, if he steps in, you're talking about a Super Bowl contender right there. Um, I, I think the same could be said for the Colts. You know, they'll, they'll need to find a replacement for T.Y. Hilton soon, but, you know, that offense is solid. The offensive line you know, learned. I think the GM learned from losing out on Andrew Luck that they need to develop that offensive line. Um, and then they have one of the best defenses in football, you know, and Aaron Rodgers is a good enough quarterback where he'll be able to, to mask some of the flaws that that roster still may have. But if you can go out and get him, you know, one or two other pieces in that wide receiving core besides Devin Fuentes, um, you know, that I think that could still be a very good team. Well, and he might he might be able to actually use Paris Campbell pretty well. Yeah, yeah, you know, he almost, he's almost the kind of player that makes players around him better. Yeah. So he, all these guys that we aren't thinking that highly of right now, he could turn them into good NFL players. So I we'll do, see. What are, what are your what are your teams? I I do like Denver and Indianapolis. I I didn't really think about Indianapolis only because like I mean I do like their defense. It's, it's good enough, like you said, to win a championship, but. I don't know. I think for me, like obviously Green Bay would be ideal because I would, I do like to see players kind of play their home and retire. Yeah. But that's just really, I don't think in this situation it's possible. I think they've kind of already, the bridge has already been broke. I mean, it obviously could be rebuilt throughout the season. I think if they're able to win a Super Bowl this year, then, then I think, I think winning cures, cures a lot of angers. But, um, but just to kind of give three different teams, I, I think, I think that San Francisco, is probably a good spot for him. They have a really good young defense. They have a lot of pretty decent offensive weapons around him. I think they'd have to go get a number one wide receiver. But other than that, I think the rest of it's pretty decent. Their offensive line's not bad. I think Jimmy G's pretty much run his course there after this season. And then kind of like how we were talking about earlier before this episode started, Trey Lance is really kind of a a project. I don't think he's going to be ready to go for another two, even four seasons. So I think that you kind of let Trey Lance play his rookie contract out, and then you have Aaron Rodgers for three years, and then he kind of retires. But I think that's a, a decent spot for him that he should look at. And then I think another good spot would, depending on what Tom Brady does, I think Tampa wouldn't be a bad spot. I don't know if Rodgers would want to go to Tampa after Brady's been there, but when you talk about teams and the way they're built, I mean, that team is is pretty much built to win a Super Bowl as long as they can keep a lot of those pieces together every single year. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, even, even if they don't keep Antonio Brown and, and Gronk, I mean, they still have Evans and Godwin and that's an amazing wide receiver already as it is. And, and their running back core is pretty decent and their defense is, is a championship caliber. So yeah, yeah I think that, that would be a good spot for him. Like I said, it just depends on how he's feeling about following Tom Brady like that. And then it just depends on how much longer Tom Brady wants to play. I mean, it kind of looks like he could play till he's 50. So we'll see. And then, oh man, I struggled with this third spot because I kind of wanted to look at teams that were going to have salary cap enough to keep or maybe sign a couple more weapons, but also have a good young core. Um, So, you know, I obviously kind you know, you said Indiana, that makes a little bit more sense. You know, I kind of looked at, you know, maybe a team like Arizona, but they have Kyler Murray, so I just don't think they're going to move on from him, and I think they kind of like what he's doing. Yeah. And then, you know, the the uh, Rams, they just got Matthew Stafford, so I just don't see them moving on from him. And then I think the Chargers like Justin Herbert. So, like, third team-wise, you know, I kind of was in between the Broncos and then um, I know what you're going to say, but it's not because I want to win, but I do think the Steelers. You're going to say the Steelers. 
they they wouldn't be a bad destination. I think their wide receiving core is pretty good. I think Chase Claypool is going to be is going to be a really good big deep threat wide receiver in the league. And then that defense is a top five defense. So I don't know. I mean, I think that some things would have to be would have to work out. They'd have to go get maybe another wide receiver because I still don't really one hundred percent believe that Juju can be a number one wide receiver. Um, I think he could be a really good number two wide receiver, but then again, it just depends on what Claypool develops into. And then I don't know. I think they hopefully we can kind of see what they did with that offensive line. If it if they didn't fix it, then I just don't see him going there because I don't think he wants to be hit a hundred times a year. But I think right. when you talk about a young core and then having a little bit of flexibility cap wise, especially once Roethlisberger's off the the books there, I think that they would be able to put a team around him that that could win. But um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Like I said, that that third spot's kind of like a a Denver, Pittsburgh, and you said Indianapolis. So I kind of like having like that kind of like a three way tie between them. But I I do think that San Francisco would probably be the best spot for him. I see the 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 problem I have with that is uh, they're not going to have. I know Trey Lance is a raw talent and he's going to take time to develop. But I think next year that it's going to be his job to lose. You know, you you drafted him at number three overall. Right. It was either two or three. You know, the 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 window to win a Super Bowl with your you know franchise quarterback is when he's on his rookie deal. Um, you know, and you don't draft a guy number three overall and have him sit for his entire rookie deal before you give him a shot to win. So I, I think next year it's going to be his job to lose. Um, and even then, I, I still think they're going to see what he is throughout this season, though, too. And well, you'll see him in practice. You'll, you'll, unless Jimmy G gets injured, you'll really only see him in practice. No, but saying, with Jimmy the, G's the, injury the 49ers, history, the 49ers are going to get to see what he is. What I'm saying, if you if you have an opportunity to even have like a two year rental on an Aaron Rodgers, like you're telling me you're not going to take it. I mean, that's like I, I get I get it, the it, whole it depends on it. De- it's going to depend on how much money Aaron Rodgers wants, because. If you're set on Trey Lance as someone that will be your your franchise quarterback for the next ten years, then you take that money that you would have spent on Aaron Rodgers and you go get him a, another good running back. You go get him more weapons on that offense, or maybe even solidify that defense even more. You know, you, if you sign Rodgers, that's going to take up so much money where they're going to have to cut from other places on that roster. So I mean, how like I get it's Aaron Rodgers, but if you have to take away pieces from your team to be able to get him, I, how much better are you really getting? And I don't you have to take away pieces. I I know that it, it, you'll you'll be taking away. It's it's the opportunity cost of it. Is is paying Aaron Rodgers thirty million dollars worth? You know, giving up on using that thirty million dollars in other places to go get. I mean, thirty million dollars. You can go get two top wide receivers you can go get another top tight end yeah but the but the the problem is is yes you're gonna pay him 30 million dollars a year of course but at the end of the day you're putting yourself in a situation to win back-to-back super bowls possibly because that that defense that defense is for real i mean it's gonna be there they're gonna have the money to pay him and then the offense is not is not you know no scrub you know i do think they need another wide receiver to kind of go there but at the end of the day you put aaron Rodgers on that team it's People people might even go there and take a little bit less money like they did in Tampa Bay because they know that they have a squad. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. it's not like you're it's not like you're dropping Aaron Rodgers on the Jets 
You know what I mean? And then you're like, wow, we need to add a lot of pieces in order to win. Like you're dropping them on a team that needs like maybe two more pieces to win a championship. And they might even be able to win the championship without those two pieces. It would just make it a little bit more unfair. You know, you know what I mean? Right. So I just, I don't know. I, I think that, listen, Denver, Denver wouldn't be a bad spot. Like I said, I think that those five teams that we kind of mentioned would be really good spots for him. I think that Indianapolis and Pittsburgh would be a little bit more of a stretch because I think that they would have to add a little bit more than what like the other teams would have to in order for him to win. So I don't know yeah. if it would be as enticing, but you know, if, if they, like if, if Indianapolis and Pittsburgh both come out and they have a good season and those, those things that we're worried about are, you know, kind of, we're not worried about them anymore, then I do think that they're pretty good contenders to get in the league. But just to keep it rolling so that we're not not sitting on this for too long because we do have a pretty big segment next, which is going to be our fourth down segment. And we're going to break down the game of the week. So every week we're going to have a game of the week that we break down in our fourth down segment. And this week it is going to be the Browns versus. So I'll kind of let Dom go first. All right. So everyone knows I'm a, I'm a pretty big Browns fan. Um, I'm going to be as unbiased as possible um, in, you know, any game that we talk about. Um, so I'm not just going to be a Browns homer and say we're going to go 17 and I want to win the Super Bowl. Um, just Cause I, I think that's kind of unfair and kind of, kind of stupid, honestly. But um, with that being said, I do think that the chiefs are going to win this game, but it's not going to be a blowout. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked at, you know, you look at how the Browns played, um, at the end of last year, um, finished the season 11 and five and made the playoffs. Um, they did lose to the Chiefs in the divisional round. Um, it, it, it took them a couple weeks to fully implement that offense without having any offseason at all. They kind of just had their Zoom offseason and then just jumped right into week one. So it, it took a couple weeks to, to implement a new offensive and defensive scheme. It was Kevin Stefanski's first year at the helm. So I think they'll be more prepared for week one this year than they were last year, just because they'll be going into an, another year in that offense, in that defense. Everyone knows what Kevin Stefanski expects in that building. Um, Baker fully understands the offense now. Um, and you, you have players coming back from injury that, you know, weren't there last year or, you know, hold on. <laughs> I've lost my train of thought there. Um, now you look at the defense, they added speed um, across the board on both sides of the ball. They added some some key pieces on that defense, especially in that secondary, which was really the weakness of the, of the defense last year, um, bringing in John Johnson, who was um, pro football focus's number three rated uh, safety in the NFL last year. You brought in Troy Hill, who was rated as the best slot corner in the NFL last year. Um, you bring in uh, more depth than Greg Newsom. You have Grant Delpit coming back. Um, Greedy Williams is coming back. I'm not expecting much from him, but whatever he can contribute, it's kind of just like a bonus at this point. I'm not expecting him to be a key, uh, key contributor on that defense, but anything that he can contribute, it's going to be more than welcome. Um, and then you look at someone uh, that they were able to bring in in JOK, and uh, the, the moves that they made on that defense, it's like they knew that you know down the road, if everything goes to plan, they're going to be playing the Chiefs at some point in the playoffs. So adding speed, especially someone like JOK, that is technically a linebacker, but 
he can play safety. He's fast enough where he can keep up with, you know, some bigger tight ends and dude, dude just finds the ball. Um, you know, I, I think adding as much speed and depth that they did, you know, I think they're kind of building themselves to compete with the chiefs, but then you know, again, it is still the chiefs. You have to, you can't stop them completely, you know, unless you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but you can slow them down or at least try to slow them down. So I think bringing in someone like JOK that can maybe try to slow down Travis Kelsey, I don't think you'll be able to ever take him completely out the game. Um, but I think adding all that depth in that secondary is really going to help. The only big question that I have about this Browns defense is, is that D line. Um, you know, Miles Garrett's solid. Um, you know, you can say what you want about him, but he, at the end of the day, he's still one of the, one of, if not the best defensive lineman in football. Um, and he's never really had much help. Um, Olivier Vernon towards the end of last season really came on strong, but he tore his Achilles. He's not with the team anymore. Um, Jadeveon Clowney injury prone. Um, we'll see what he can do, but if you look at what he did early in his career, when he was matched up opposite side of TJ Watt, he was really effective. He wasn't the sack machine that everyone thought he would be, but he was still able to get a ton of pressures. He's a very good run defender. Um, but uh, they, they lost some pieces on that interior defensive line. That's my biggest question with the team still. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, there, there's, there's a lot of questions with this Browns team. Obviously more questions with this Browns team than, than the Chiefs. But offensively, I do think that they match up well against the Chiefs defense. Um, they did lose Prashad Breeland in the offseason. Their front seven's still good, but that's secondary outside of Tyron Matthews. Not that great, to be honest with you. You know, we'll, we'll see how big of a role OBJ will have. Um, it's his first game back since tearing his ACL. So I'm not expecting, you know, 12 catches for 200 yards and a couple touchdowns, but I still think he'll have a couple of receptions. This is, um, you know, the first time in Baker's career that he's going to be going into a new season with the same head coach, same offense. So I, I think they're going to be really prepared for the game, but I, I think it's going to be close. It'll probably, you know, 28, 21 Chiefs, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I agree that the Chiefs are going to win. I do think that it's going to maybe like a 10-point game. I don't, I don't really see them beating them by a, a ton. But I do think that there are two key things in this game to watch out for that could sway it either way. I think the first one is the Chiefs' offensive line. Mm-hmm. And we have to see if they have five new starters from last season on there. And we have to see if that really made a difference. So. Obviously, you kind of saw what they were in the Super Bowl, and it was not fun. And yeah. even there in the game against the Browns and throughout the playoffs, there was lots of pressure that got on Pat Mahomes. So I would like to see if they are as advertised, if they are going to be super solid for him. I think the second thing to look out for is what does Baker Mayfield and OBJ's relationship look like? Because what we saw, you know, prior to last season in the first like six weeks of last season, six or seven weeks, was not a very good quarterback wide receiver. So I think that we need to see if OBJ has kind of decided to be okay slipping into more of a a role kind of wide receiver where Baker Mayfield is going to go through his progressions and get it to the open guy and be okay with that. Or is he going to be in Baker Mayfield's ear? 
and be like, yo, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. It doesn't matter how many people are around me, I'm going to catch it. And is Baker Mayfield going to start forcing the ball to him again like we've seen in the past? And that's when Baker Mayfield starts to get in trouble. That's when he is not as effective as he can be. So I think that that relationship is going to be super important because if they start off the season that way, the Chiefs are going to blow them out of the water. It doesn't matter how good the Browns defense is. If the Browns offense can't stay on the field, then they're going to give more chances to Patrick Mahomes to score the score touchdowns. And that's just, it's just not an effective, you know, way to go about playing a game. And again, on the other side, if the Chiefs offensive line is not able to protect Patrick Mahomes, then I could see the Browns, you know, having more time on the field with their offense and being able to put up more points. So have that double headed monster behind you know, Baker in the run game, and then they still have a pretty decent wide receiving core, tight end core. I think probably, I want to say one of the best, at least top five in the league. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's going to be a great game. I think that this game right here is a good preview to what we could see in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Uh, I do think that they are probably one of the four or five teams that we could see in the AFC Championship game at the end of the season. And That'll be that'll be interesting. So I, I like I said, I do think this is a good preview to that, or at least a good preview to maybe even a playoff matchup like we kind of saw last year. So, you know, again, I think those are the two key factors there. We'll kind of see what happens, but I, I am in agreement with you that I do think that game is a ten point game. Chiefs come out on top, and then we'll kind of see what happens throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I will say as a Browns fan, I'm kind of glad that we're getting this game out of the way week one. Um, <laughs> it'd be. Well, not only just because we're getting it out of the way, but it's going to be a good test for all the young guys and all the new signings. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, this you know, this is the team that, that we're expecting to face down the road. So playing in Arrowhead week one, um, kind of get used to those guys playing against them in that atmosphere. Because un- unless the Chiefs fall off the bus a little bit, you know, the AFC championship game is going to go through Kansas City. I agree. Alrighty. Well, I think we have converted our fourth down try there. And now we're going to move on to our two-point conversion. So during this two-point conversion, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to have one prediction for this week in football. Like before, it can be anything in the NFL or college. And then we're going to have a cool football trivia. So today I'm going to ask Dom a quick trivia question about football. And then you guys can kind of See if you can answer it before I give him the well. So I'll let Dom go ahead and give his prediction first, and then I will give mine and then we'll move to our trivia. So I think my prediction may be something that might be overlooked, but I think we're really going to see how good of a quarterback Matthew Stafford really is. I think he's going to have, I think he's going to have a, a pretty big week one um, with LA. He's always been a quarterback that I. I've thought has been really good, but playing in Detroit on some bad teams kind of gets overlooked, maybe a little bit underrated. Um, everyone kind of, you know, maybe thinks twice about him as a really good quarterback because he's never really had success in the in the postseason. Um, but I, I do think the talent's there, and playing in LA with a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, you know, I, I think the world's really going to see now how good of a quarterback that he really is. So. My prediction that he's going to have a monster week one. I'm talking like 350 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. Pretty bold. We'll see how it goes, but that's that's my prediction. Well, I'm going to follow up your bold prediction with another bold. <laughs> <laughs> so I think 
that Minnesota Vikings are just going to wax the Bills. But not like, but it's going to be, for whatever reason, Kirk Cousins is a very, like, average quarterback when it comes to putting up numbers. He's not like a guy that's going to, you know, throw for 350, three touchdowns every single time. I mean, he's more of like a a two 200 yards, maybe a touchdown, a pick. That's kind of where he's at. But I think against this Cincinnati Bengals team, which is just, not really I think they have the potential to be a 500 team but I don't know I just don't think they're where they're at and the offense is having its struggles we need to see what Joe Burrow looks like and Jamar Chase there's not very good reports coming out of camp so I don't know if their offense is going to be able to stay on the field so I think that Kirk Cousins has one of his like signature games for the season and I think that he throws for over 350 yards I think he gets four touchdowns and I think two of those touchdowns Damn. goes to Jefferson and I think Jefferson has like 150 yards this year. Hey, that's fine. I'm cool with that. He's in a couple of my fantasy leagues. So <laughs> I just I think I, that I would I would be jumping for joy if Justin Jefferson caught two touchdowns and had like 100 yards receiving. Yeah, I just I just don't see I just don't see how he doesn't at least have 100 yards receiving in that game or at least close to it and I just don't if Kirk Cousins doesn't tear up the Cincinnati Bengals defense, then the Minnesota Vikings succession. I mean, that's listen. I I don't know. I mean, I I really hope the best for Joe Burrow because you know I do want him to be successful. But at the end of the day, I mean, and that roster is just not. It's just not good. <laughs> like I don't. Know. They're not. They're not good yet. But they they definitely have. You know, it, it's kind of a mismatched team. But they have pieces on that defense that are good. Overall, as a unit, they're not that great, but they do have some individual players that that are pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I I could see. I think your prediction's more likely to happen than mine. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I I hope Matthew Stafford has an amazing season with the Rams. I, I hope for the Rams that Matthew Stafford has an amazing season. I hope he has a couple amazing seasons because they gave up too much to get him. But I yeah. mean, it's just like I, I don't know. I I think both are possible, but I I just think that the the Cincinnati Bengals are going to get rocked. But <laughs> so for this week's trivia question, let's start with something. It might be a little hard, but I think that I think that it could be. But yeah. who was the Giants' backup quarterback for the 2011 NFL season? Oh jeez, is this a multiple choice question? I'll how about this? I'll I'll make it a multiple choice question just for you. All right, there you go. <laughs> so again. <laughs> It is who was the Giants' backup quarterback for Eli Manning in the 2011 NFL season? Option number one, Brett Favre. Option number two, Tavares Jackson. Hmm. Option number three, David Carr. Option number four, Chad Henney. So I'm going to give everybody at home a couple seconds there to think about it. So again... Who was the Giants' backup quarterback for Eli Manning in the 2011 NFL season? Option number one, the Brett Favre. Option number two, Tavares Jackson. Option number three, David Carr. And option number four, Chad Henney. Well, I know it wasn't Brett Favre. <laughs> um, I think Tavares Jackson was still the, I think he was still the starter in Seattle at the time. I'm gonna go go Chad Henney. That's Wait, or, or or was he still in Michigan? No. No, Chad Chad Henney was a quarterback in Michigan in like 2007. Yeah, I'll go with Chad Henney. Wait. Chad Henney? All right, well. 
Uh, no, no, I was like guessing myself here. Second, you don't want to lock it in yet? You don't want to lock it in yet? What was the second option again? Tavares Jackson. It was the third option? David Carr. No, we'll go David Carr because I know he wasn't the starter in, in um Houston at the time. His okay. his days of a starter there were done. Awesome. Yeah, we'll go with Derek Carr. Is that your final answer? Yeah, da- and David Carr, not Derek Carr. Well, yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Da- David Carr. Okay, yeah. All right. For everyone there at home, before I give this answer, make sure you didn't look it up and cheat. Write it down. It is option number three, David Carr. Hell yeah. Eli Manning's backup in two. <laughs> so going forward, there may not be multiple choice questions, but <laughs> we will uh, maybe we'll do that. Who knows? But that's just something fun that we're going to try to do here to keep it interactive. And let us know in the comments if you guys got it right or not. If you knew it, if you didn't, let us know. You know, I think Dom kind of did a uh, little elimination there. Obviously, it wasn't Brett Favre. And <laughs> so I, I think that, that that he did a pretty good job of answering that one. So, but that, that was a good question. That, that was a really good question. It was, a, it was a little hard, but that's why I went through the, the multiple choice route. But Right, um, yeah. Yeah, t- tell us the starting quarterback for the Jets 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I remember that one off the top of my head. Hey, it's football trivia, Dom. <laughs> so, but... Thank you guys so much for listening to our first episode of Two Minute Drill. We're so excited to bring you this, and we just love talking about football. So we'll probably be, you know, arguing every single week about something, disagreeing about something, and we'll have a bunch of different people rotating in and out of this episode and giving their opinions on the football season. But again, thank you so much. But thank you so much. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and we do have a YouTube channel. Go ahead and look that up. Watch our videos. We are going to have a video coming out here next week about uh, the Bocce tournament that we attended in Cleveland, or specifically Wycliffe, Ohio, and an amazing time we had there. Definitely be on the lookout. Again, thank you, Dom, for being on. We're so looking forward to this football season, and until next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.